The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's difpbham.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Peak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown, and this is episode number 20 of the series, recording from my desk again from home, while the athletic department and university continues to practice social distancing during this uncertain time. If you missed last week's installment, episode number 19, it featured women's tennis senior Albuquerque Harrow. The native of Spain talks about her decision to stay in Jacksonville during the pandemic, how her family back home is faring, and her future as a Gamecock. If you missed it, you can go back and give it a listen anytime. All previous episodes of the podcast can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcasts and on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We hope that you've been able to follow along with us on social media with the Gamecock Madness Bracket Challenge, helping us decide Jacksonville State's top Division I moment of the past 25 years. We're posting a new poll each day for you to vote on, and we're still just in the first round, so there's still plenty of time for you to hop on board and vote your favorite moment to the championship. You can vote by visiting us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All three accounts can be found by searching at JSU Gamecocks. Also online, we're publishing a new story daily to JSUGamecocksports.com. Currently on the site's main rotator is a feature on softball alums in the nursing field and how they're navigating COVID-19 in their professional lives. There's an update on former JSU men's basketball players Jason Burnell, Norbertus Giga, Malcolm Drumright, and Christian Cunningham, who were all playing overseas in professional leagues in Europe when the virus broke out. There's also signing day stories for softball, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Softball signed shortstop Chaney Phillips, men's basketball added five, and women's basketball signed three. For this week's featured interview, I spoke on the phone with head women's basketball coach Rick Petrie. He gives us an in-depth look at those three for this year's signing class and what he believes they will bring to the program. And we also discuss how the pandemic has affected coaches on the recruiting trail. So ladies and gentlemen, for episode number 20, here is head women's basketball coach Rick Petrie. On the podcast with us today is women's head basketball coach Rick Petrie. Coach, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast with us. You're welcome. Well, Coach, uh, you're like us. You're at home right now. Uh, how's it been having a little bit of, I wouldn't call it off time, but a little bit of downtime not being in the office? And how are you kind of feeling that time? Well, you know, the funny thing <laughs> is that it, it, um, it hasn't been that much off, off time. And what I mean by that is that, um, you know, w- what it's turned into is just a whole lot of time during the day on the phone. 
Um, you know, I, I'm having to recharge my phone battery about four times a day. Um, just, you know, talking with prospects, talking with coaches, um, you know, and then, and then also uh, having virtual staff meetings. Um, so, you know, it's not as much, uh, it, it's not as much uh, just kicking back and watching Netflix as some might think, you know. Coach, it doesn't seem to have affected you too much. Last week was signing day, and you signed uh, three girls to the program. You were able to get them signed last week. And during that process, how was it different recruiting during this pandemic and not being able to travel, not being able to be face-to-face with recruits? How, how did that differ this year as opposed to previous years? Well, you know, it, 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 definitely, um, it definitely had an impact in, in our recruiting of, of, next year, of the 2021 class. We were fortunate in that in the, in the 2020 class, uh, Kaya Burnett, we had had her on an official visit for one of our home games in January, uh, late January. So she got to make her official visit and then she, she verbally committed to us two weeks later in February. So fortunately we, we had Kaya kind of locked up, so to speak. Uh, now the, uh, from Pensacola state, uh, with Kyra and Amari, the other two that we signed, um, we had, we literally had arranged for them to take, to take an official visit to Jacksonville state on, uh, they were supposed to come to campus on the 13th, uh, of March. And, um, so we had, you know, had, had interactions with them and were set to have them on campus. And then of course, that's when the bottom fell out of it, of, of everything, uh, in terms of campus closed, uh, dead period immediately, you know, from the NCAA. So then it became challenging because now we couldn't get them on campus. And so, now we had to try to convince them to make a decision to choose us without having stepped foot on a campus from a recruiting standpoint. Now, Kyra, Kyra being from Jacksonville High School, she had been on our campus before, but had never been quote unquote recruited and, and shown her. And, you know, and there's some things on our campus that are different even now than was when she was in high school. So, uh, and, and Amari, you know, the other young lady that, that we signed had, you know, she, she hadn't, you know, you know, been to the Coliseum or, uh, so, I mean, so there was a lot of things that, again, so then it just became, we got to try to convince these young ladies to sign with us without having set foot on a campus. And fortunately, we were able to. And that's what a lot of schools are, are doing, is they're just uh, trying to find creative ways to, 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 to recruit without, getting able, without being able to sit face-to-face. A lot of people are using Zoom. Or uh, you know to the, the, that app to to see face to face virtually at least, uh, but doing without a visit. Where before you know lots of kids you know are only committing if they get a visit. So we were fortunate enough to get this done without visits, and uh, you know and then and then we were done with this class, and so now we're moving on to recruit the next class. Is this a time that when you're looking at the 2021 signees and those recruits, is this a time that you would normally have them come to campus and that you would be in homes and different things like that? How has that process been? Well, with, with the 2020 classes, just, just graduating now, definitely in the springtime, uh, not uncommon to, to go to their junior college. If it's a junior college player, go to their home, if they're a high school player, not uncommon to do that. And obviously, definitely get them to come to campus. That that of course is 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 definitely common. Of course, both those things were out of the window. 
And then with the 2021 class, the kids will be graduating a year from now. Um, we're able to, you know, March is the first time in women's basketball that we're able to, to talk to them face to face. Um, for instance, in women's basketball in the fall, when we go to their schools, we're not allowed to talk to them if they're a junior. But in the spring of their junior year, we are allowed to have face-to-face -face contact communicate. So that's when you, you, you do have some face-to-face -face visits with juniors and, and their, their families some, uh, from time to time. So, so that was completely taken off the table. Uh, so now it's, it's done, you know, in, virtually, you know, it's, it's done or, or just through phone calls rather than face-to-face -face meetings. You mentioned the three signees that we had last week, Amari Martin, Kyra Williams, and Kaya Burnett. Talk about these three women that we've signed and what they bring to the program. Absolutely. Well, so um, we'll start with Amari Martin. She was, uh, she, she was the Alabama Junior College Player of the Year this year at Wallace State. Uh, in Hansville, um, led their team, I believe, 24 wins uh, or helped lead their team 24 wins. She was first team uh, 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 JUCO All-American this year. Um, she averaged 21 points a game. Uh, she uh, shot just over 41% from the field, which in women's basketball uh, average is 40. So if you shoot in women's basketball, so if you're shooting above 40, uh, you're shooting above average. So um, and then she shot 37 from the arc, which is good. Um, uh, you know, and, and, and she, she can also do some other things offensively. She's, she's, uh, diverse. She's capable of playing point guard. She played point guard at Wallace her freshman year, played off guard this year. So, uh, she, and she played at Hazel Green high school, which is, you know, we've had history with Hazel Green, Raven Pearson, Chloe Long played at Hazel Green who played on our, in our program. And so she didn't play, uh, Amari didn't play with those two, but, uh, Amari was part of a state championship team at Hazel Green actually made the free throws uh, versus Ramsey to win it late. Uh, so she's won a state championship in high school at a very high level. Um, you know, she, she had a lot of success at Wallace state. So we're excited about her. Kyra Williams um, is a, you know, played at Jackson, a graduate of Jacksonville high school uh, who then went on to Wallace state and had a, had a solid freshman year, but really blossomed this year as a sophomore averaged 18 points a game was, First team, uh, uh, all uh, Alabama junior college uh, region, uh, and uh, is a you know she's a young lady who can she can drive it, uh, she can shoot the three. She's very long. Uh, she, I think she has a chance to be an excellent defender for us on the perimeter. So uh, we're really excited about uh, you know Kyra's inclusion and Kaya Burnett uh, comes to us from uh, Pensacola State. Uh, and, and she was a two-time all-panhandle conference player. And the panhandle conference uh, is, is the most difficult conference in America in junior college. Um, it, it's, it's the strongest. Uh, the last, like, six national champions have come from that conference. Um, and so this year, she averaged 16 points a game, was a first, uh, again, was first-team all-panhandle conference. And, and Kaya is, is another one who is versatile. Uh, her freshman year, she played almost exclusively on the wing. This year, she played point and wing. Um, she can shoot it. As a matter of fact, as a freshman, she shot 40% from the arc and 44% from the field, which are really high percentages. This year, she shot a higher volume, and her, and her efficiency went down a little bit, but it was still acceptable. And, and again, she was voted first team all, uh, uh, all pay and handle. So, uh, so we're excited about Kaya's inclusion. So those are three guards that bring an ability to score. And that's one of the things right you know. 
defensively, I'm, I feel really good about where we are as a program. We're still trying to become better offensively. We're still trying to find a way to, to score more points. And so we're, we're hoping that these three young ladies can help us to do that. Those three signees will join Kiara Griffin, who signed early in the season, played at Ramsey High School. And then you're almost getting, it's almost like having a new recruit, Kennedy Gavin, who was with the program this year, sat out as a red shirt. She used to transfer from Southern Miss. Those two women there, almost like the same thing. Give me a good recap of what they're going to bring to this team and what an addition they will be. Absolutely. Well, Kiara, we're really excited about Kiara. Uh, you know, Kiara was, uh, she was at Ramsey uh, this past year. And, uh, uh, you know, she was named second team 5A All-State. Uh, she is very diverse. She's a six-foot kid, very long, very athletic, plays really hard. She's a kid who's capable of playing the four for us. She could play the three. Um, uh, play, I, I'm really excited about her. We, we were, we felt uh, uh, very excited in the fall when we were able to get her to sign with us. Um, we, we really believed, and I, I even talked to uh, uh, some uh, some junior college coaches in Alabama uh, who even said to me, uh, "How did you get that kid?" Um, so. Uh, so we're really excited about Kira and what we feel like she can bring to us. Again, she's got length at six foot. She's skilled enough to play the wing, but could also play the four for us. And uh, we're excited about her. And uh, and then Kennedy Gavin was in our program this past year. Uh, again, did play two years at Southern Miss, so she has two years left to play for us. She's a very uh, uh, physically strong uh, – she's, she's a 5'11 post player, so she's slightly undersized height-wise – but she's uh, got a lot, a lot of strength, uh, a lot of toughness, um, uh, nice ability to score around the basket, and has a nice in-between jump shot. Uh, and she's got experience. Now, this is a kid who will have been out of high school for three years, and uh, so uh, she, she, you know she, under, she she knows and understands, and has a great de uh, desire uh, to compete, and. Uh, uh, knows competing, understands competing. And so we feel like that she'll bring us some, some experience in our post area as well. With the three seniors that you lose this year with Destiny Elliott, Chloe Long, Brittany Webster, you're looking at McKenna Lawrence, Jesse Day, Taylor Hawks, players like that that were juniors last year looking to step up. What do you expect out of them coming up this season? Which ones do you expect to step up into that role? Who are you looking for? Who are you pushing into becoming that senior leader? Well, you know, uh, McKenna did matriculate. She, she actually graduated in, in, in December, and so she's matriculated out. And so uh, we're, we're happy for her as she's moving on to the next phase of her life. Uh, Jesse Day really came on tremendously for us this past year as a defender. Um, you know, Jesse uh, uh, is somebody who, you know, when she first got here, didn't quite understand, you know, uh, what we were uh, – or, or fully, I, I, a better way of ex expressing is didn't fully immerse herself in our defensive philosophy. And this year, but mid-season, uh, right before we hit conference play, it just kind of clicked on with her, and she became a, 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 an excellent defensive asset for us in the post and really held down the five position for us throughout our conference season. And, and, and her ability to hold that position down defensively the way she did uh, had a lot to do with the success we were able to have over the course of the year in the conference season. Um, 
you know, now as far as our, uh, our four year seniors who are, you know, Taylor Hawks and Kiana Johnson and Jayla Walker, you know, Kiana had a, had a very solid junior year and really came on late. And so uh, we're expecting a lot from her, uh, from Kiana next year. Uh, you know, she, she scored the ball well for us and she is our best perimeter defender. And so we're, we're expecting a lot from her, you know, Taylor Hawks, you know, had a, uh, you know, she had a second team all conference season um, uh, running the point for us and, you know, uh, uh, ha- had some outstanding offensive uh, games and individual performances and, uh, and is capable of, of, of putting the ball in the basket. And she's experienced. She's, she started since uh, about eight games into her freshman year. She started every game at the point for us since then. So clearly, and the point position is the most pivotal position on the floor. So we're clearly looking for a lot from her. And then Jayla Walker, you know, we need her to get healthy. You know, this year she just, uh, she had some issue, knee issues that, that really curtailed her production. And so we're looking for her to get healthy so she can help produce for us next year. The five players that we talked about that are joining the program next year that will be on the court. They're joining a team that has made it to the OVC postseason three years in a row now. You've seen steady improvement over the past three years. What have been the big differences and what has helped propel this program over these last three years? Well, you know, I think that the, the, the staple of who we are is, uh, you know, we, we're, we're a defense-first group uh we've finished uh first in the last three years first first and second and scoring defense first first and second and field goal percentage defense um uh so you know w- defense has been what's what's carried us to the success that we've had um now offensively that's the area that when when we're on offensively um you know you, you can just about chalk a win up for us because of who we've been defensively. So what we need to, uh, to continue to, to build on is, is just gaining some offensive consistency because for the most part, we've been pretty consistent defensively. And so, and, and sometimes we've been able to win games. Uh, a specific example is this past year at Eastern Kentucky. We only scored 43 points, uh, but they only scored 33. You know, so so we were able to find a way to win that game. So as long as we're defending the and, and continue to defend the way we have, uh, it's going to give us a chance on nights that we're not scoring. But if we can score, then we're going to win those games. Over the past few years as well, you guys have, have had some really exciting games, and the Pete has been rocking. You guys have seen a lot of facility updates over the last few years with uh, back in 2015-16 whenever the New bleachers were installed to this year with the video boards, the lighting, and then you guys also recently got an upgrade when it comes to your film room and your locker room. Talk about those recruiting tools that you have now that maybe have helped in that process of bringing some people in and being very impressive when they walk into Pete Matthews Coliseum that was built in 1974 and how it's been brought up to speed. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, the the, the improvements, you know, I, I got hired uh, at JSU in 2013. And, uh, at that time it was, you know, 13, 14 was the old Pete. And, uh, since, since 13, 14, it's, it's gone, uh, uh just basically had major changes, uh, all for the good. Um, and so, uh, from a fan experience standpoint, just, the, just the entire layout of the, of the Coliseum now and the, the, the addition of the video boards, 
uh, th that really enhances the experience. Uh, the playing surface now is, is so much better than it was when I first got here. Um, and, and as you said, the, our, our locker room and film room area uh, is now very competitive. So uh, whenever you can bring uh, young prospects uh, onto a campus and into a building and you show something that's new and shiny, it, it, it matters. And, and I, and I'm neglecting, I'm not even pointing out our new practice facility, which was finished this past, you know, and so we had access to that this past year. So, you know, the, the new practice facility, you know, uh, where our pool or the pool and the building used to be, uh, you know, the, 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 the arena itself with uh, the, the seating areas and the, and the, and the video boards, and then our, our, our locker room, all of those uh, areas are assets. And, uh, and it allows us to, uh, it allows us and allows the prospects that we bring on campus to, to, to feel an excitement about being a, a, a part of what we've got going on. So, uh, so having our Coliseum be an asset for us is a really big deal. As well as being a recruiting asset, you guys enjoy playing at home. Your record last year, you were 10 and 8 in the conference, 10 and 4 at home overall. So, aside from being just a recruiting asset, it seems like your women really enjoy playing at the Pete. Talk about that home court advantage that the Pete gives to your team. You know, it, it's true. We, we've been, and even in, in my time here, we've been, you know, we, we've had a lot of success at home overall. And, um, and I would be honest with you, uh, Tyler, one of the things that really enhances the playing experience at the Pete. Uh, and I mean, as well as our, as our, as our, our band, I mean, hardcore, uh, they make a difference and make no mistake. They make a difference. Uh, um, you know, I've been doing this a long, I've been doing this 20 years and, uh, 13 of it in the Sun Belt and, and seven of it now in the, and the OVC and in 20 years of doing this, I, I, I've not, I've not seen a pep band better. And I've been in a lot of power five buildings that we played in, in road games in both uh, places that I've coached. And I've never seen a better pep band uh, than what we have going on at our place. And there's uh, they're special, and they they add and enhance the experience, and uh, along with the building itself. And um, uh, you know, we get comments about it all the time uh, from prospects when they come to games, and we even get comments from our opponents about it all the time. <laughs> so uh, so they're special, and uh, and so we, we we're always grateful for the atmosphere that they're able to uh to to enhance at all of our games hardcore is fantastic being on the road with basketball i don't think there's any band in the league that can compete with hardcore and another great asset that you guys have at home you do a great job of scheduling at least one school day game per year and that's always a fun one to come to what is it about those school days? You know, you're able to reach out to those schools and invite them to the games, and whenever they come in, they pack the peat. It's loud. Tell me about where that idea came from. Was that something that you used to do at South Al that you brought with you that uh, you were able to bring and bring excitement to the peat on those days? Well, yeah, my first experience with, with one of those games was doing it as a road team. Uh, uh, when I was at South Alabama, the, the head, the former head coach at Western Kentucky, Mary Taylor Cowles called me and asked me if I'd be willing to play a game like that at 11 o'clock in the morning in that particular case. And, and I saw it as a good idea because we'd get home sooner and, uh, you know, uh, uh, from Bowling Green back to Mobile. And, um, 
you know, th at that particular situation, they had 7,000 kids uh, at uh, Diddle Arena. And when I got back to campus, I brought it up to our athletic director, you know, what can, can we do something like that here? And uh, so we did. And so we did those when I was at South and, and, and we had a lot of success with those. And so when I arrived to, to JSU, I approached uh, Mr. Kogel was AD at the time and, and uh, we didn't get it done the first year, but uh, we've had it done my, you know, my second year beyond. And, and Donna Callen is, is really spearheads the effort of getting those schools to bring their kids to campus. And the, the atmosphere is fantastic. And uh, uh, the, the, the volume of uh, uh, the, the noise that the kids bring and the energy they bring is a little bit different than a regular crowd. And so, uh, you know, so it's, it's a great experience and it's a great experience for our kids. And I like to think it's a great experience for those kids who get to come to the game on, on that day as well. Coach, a fantastic signing class. Everything's exciting coming into next year. We're all very happy for the program to pick up those three great kids, then plus the two more that will join the team next year. And uh, we're close to wrapping up. But before we get off here, definitely want to ask about your family during this pandemic, during these tough times. You, uh, your hometown is New Orleans, which was hit extremely hard by this virus. And like you mentioned before the interview started, your parents are still there. You still have family and friends in New Orleans. Tell me about them. Have you been in contact with them, and how are they doing? Yeah, I, I'm in contact with my parents regularly, and uh, you know, and and just they're just being very cautious. You know, uh, uh, both both of my parents are uh, uh, in their 70s, and so you know that's uh, that's one of those uh, you know areas in dealing with this virus that you don't particularly want to be. But uh, but yeah, j just being real cautious and and uh, vigilant about uh, being careful, and uh, you know, because that's all you can do. You know, j just uh, be careful about how you handle yourself and uh, where you put yourself. And uh, so, so you know, they're, they're doing that. And uh, you know, and they, look, uh, New Orleans is a social town, and and my my parents are social creatures, so they definitely miss you know being around people. So that's that's a challenge. You know, ho hopefully. Uh, our medical professionals will figure something out to, to uh, whether it be testing or treatment or vaccine that can uh, that can get us back to some some semblance of how things used to be uh, in a relatively prompt manner. Well, Coach, we'll definitely be uh, thinking about your family during New Orleans during this time, and obviously uh, you guys as well here in Jacksonville, staying safe, staying healthy. Coach, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with us today. Congratulations on a great signing class and. Uh, we can't wait to see them on the court next year. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beat. I hope that you and yours are healthy, and I will talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with episode number 21 and another feature interview. With that, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting JSUGamecockSports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, JSUGamecockSports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSUGamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.